Hello, dear listener. It's time for another episode of Re-Educating Dad, where I, Big Tone, am the dad, and here's my darling daughter and co-host of this cross-generational talk show. But you knew that. Little Tone. How are you today, Little Tone? I'm okay, thank you. How are you? I'm very well indeed, thank you. Are you pleased that Boris looks like he's on his way out? Um, yes, um, but I have I have concerns about who will replace him. <laughs> yeah, that is the problem, isn't it? There isn't really anyone who is obvious. No. But um, wow, he's he's under a major revolt. You know, you, did you see someone cross the floor of the house today? That hasn't happened for a long time. What does that mean? It means a Conservative MP defected very publicly to the Labour Party. What, walked over? Literally walked over. That's what they do. They cross the aisle. I know. That's so dramatic. That used to happen regularly. That's like a, a mic drop thing. <laughs> that used to be regularly between the parties or between parties, but that's I haven't heard that ever well not ever happened i haven't heard that happen for a very long time anyway anyway it's uh it's it's not going to be our usual happy go lucky show today with lots I just want to say i didn't didn't quips. choose this subject and i know you didn't <laughs> choose it and i put my hand up i chose it because it the story touched me so deeply uh, that um, I just felt I wanted to talk to you, talk with you about it and also share my feelings about it uh, with our listeners. Um, so I'll just open by referring to the news story that hit us um, on the 16th of January, so three, three days ago. Um, and I'm reading from the Telegraph here. The headline was, Five-Year-Old British Girl Dies in Alps Skiing Collision After Man Crashes Into Her at High Speed. That man has been arrested. Uh, one of the, obviously, the, the tragedy of a five-year-old girl dying on a holiday, a skiing holiday in that way, um, touched me, having four daughters, and one granddaughter and other grandchildren who are not daughters, but one on the way very shortly. It touched me for that reason. Do you know why it touched me for another deeply personal reason? Little tone? No. Okay. And, and, I, and I need to ask you about this actually, because I'm not sure. I'd rather think you never went there, but the actual resort concerned is a resort that we regularly went to but i think it was before you were born and the resort is a french ski resort called flain f-l-a-i-n-e that rings a bell that name near geneva now the the photograph of the um the photograph that they have in the newspaper does not look like flame to me, but might be. Uh, and the reason I say that is because it shows these sort of sweet, these cute little ski chalets in the mountains, and Flain really isn't like that at all. I, I mean, I remember Flain being a concrete jungle. Okay. 
Do you do you ever remember me referring to your older sister, little Jackie, saying something? Um, no, it wasn't Jackie. What am I talking about? No, maybe you do know it. It was Mindy. It was Mindy, your younger sister. So you 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 perhaps did go there. It was when Mindy came down the stairs of the um, place that we were renting, and she's there's a, there's a tiny little tot on her way to s- ski school, and neither of you wanted to go to ski school. Do you remember I that? Hated it. You hated uh, it, Jad. I remember it like the back of my hand. It was terrifying. They yeah. were mean. Uh, they, yeah, mean I know. people. I know, but there was a way of getting babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. Uh, but um, she came down the stairs, and she, of course, she was desperate not to go to ski school, just as you were. And she said, but I got coldy feet. Do you remember coldy that? Coldy foots, actually. Or coldy foots, that's right. I got coldy foots. That's right. <laughs> it was so, so sweet. But it was that was in Vlain. Yeah, they were horrible. I remember them. I distinctly remember being amongst lots of other slightly older kids and these these young teenage people who were taking the job, literally shoving kids' feet into these feet into these boots, and we were cold and we were wet and they were mean, uh, and it was horrible. I hated it. It's left yeah. it, it scarred me for life. <laughs> yeah, well, I probably did a lot of things that scarred you for life. Right? <laughs> it's a wonder well, you, you have any parent. body left. It's just scars. Um, so anyway, this guy. Um, was a was known to be a regular at the ski resort. The family was a British expat family living in Geneva, as it happens, which is very close to Flane. The school was the uh, they were the school that they were it that the little girl was in was the same school that you went to, École du Ski Français. Um, so I'm not casting any aspersions upon them because. I don't really know what they could have done much to have avoided it, but I don't know the facts. But anyway, he was a 40-year-old local man, uh, apparently a volunteer firefighter. He's been arrested and and is under investigation. Uh, The child was in a single file behind the group, as you do in a ski lesson, and was about to make a right turn when she was very violently hit by the guy, the skier, arriving at high speed who tried in vain to avoid her. Um, Efforts to revive her were unsuccessful. She died while being taken to the hospital in a helicopter. Uh, So they're investigating it. And, um, you know, it's, it's desperately, desperately sad. And it obviously made my mind cast back to the, you know, wonderful skiing holidays that I've had with you and your sisters um, and it and it took me back to teaching um, you to ski, and uh, I remember, you know, your very oldest sister Tracy, um, you know, skiing with her between my legs, coming down the mountain, and also then Jackie. I'm not sure, did I ever do that with you? Yeah. Yeah, I thought I did. Yeah, when you went, when you weren't dumping us in ski school. Yeah. Well, kids. I know. I mean, I remember properly learning how to ski when I went to Switzerland when I was 10, 8 yeah. or 10, after I met um, Anne West. Yeah. 
Um, I remember. And her dad, her dad was Canadian, I think, and a ski instructor. He sadly passed away now. Oh, has he? Only, um, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I, t I touched um, base with her um, a couple of years ago when I was in still living in Brighton, and she was like, "Oh my goodness, is that my pen pen pal?" <laughs> and you know, she came over to the UK once, and I went to Switzerland, and her dad taught me to ski as a sort of slightly older kid, I guess. And he was very patient with me, um, even though I was an absolute wreck. I, I did get pretty good by the end of the holiday, but I, I, I actually got off a ski lift with about 10 other people, you know, one of those really long rows. And I knocked, I fell over and knocked them like dominoes and they all fell into this like pit. Mm. And I started laugh. I started laughing and he really told me off because it was dangerous. Mm. But I didn't do it on purpose. No, no. But, um, but Jackie was one of the people that fell into the pit. Um, and so I, I just I was just going to say that even when you aren't being reckless, it's easy to make a mistake when skiing and hurt someone really badly. Well, one of the themes, <laughs> one of the themes, there's your dog. One of the themes that um, I wanted to talk about really is, is how um, this this story really brought it home to me. But again, but it's it's uh, it's how dangerous skiing is. There aren't that many deaths like this, but. It's a dangerous sport, and we'll go into that a little bit more in a, in a moment. Uh, but um, I wanted to, well, you know, until until recently, uh, I've been I'd been going skiing, as you know, every year to a place called Oberlek in Austria, which I absolutely loved. Went there with um, with Mindy a lot, and been there with Jackie before. And then you joined us, didn't you? Um, and you hadn't skied for how long? That this must be what? Would that be four years ago, or longer? When did you do your knee? Oh, we've lost your sound. No sound. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. So I muted it because of the dog. Yeah, I, I think I wouldn't have skied for ten years. Um, I think that the last time I skied before that, I was fourteen, and I went with Tash. And yeah, we so so Anton. how long ago was your knee injury? Because that'll about tell me. About four years ago. Yeah, so it was about four years ago. So until then, I was going every year to Oberlek. Absolutely loved it there. Stayed in a beautiful hotel called the Hotel Montana, which I'm very happy to plug because it's a family-run hotel and they did a brilliant job every year. Um, and then you joined us in the most recent time, and you hadn't skied for, you say, 10 years probably? Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, you went to ski school, and I think you you happily went to ski school because uh, obviously we realised that you know you were you needed to brush up on your skills. Um, and uh, do you we, want me to tell it from my side of the story? Yeah, I do actually. Yeah, and then I might say a bit okay. from my side. But you go ahead, please. So yeah, I was really excited. It was pr it's probably one of the most picturesque places to go. It's so stunning, and and, and the first day that we went skiing. You took me to go and get my gear. Um, it was a really beautiful sunny day, and I went skiing for the morning and had a and, and picked it up again a bit like riding a bike. And I was so excited and so happy because, you know, when I was fourteen, I had a much smaller frame, and I'm I'm a size fourteen, very curvy woman now. And I was afraid, not being very athletic, that it 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 wouldn't come very easily to me. And I and it, I felt like it had. Um, and I had a really brilliant morning, met, met you for, for lunch. You even saw me kind of ski down mm. and do like a bit of a, 
you know, a side slide. And I was like, I've had a brilliant morning. It's so fun. You know, really enthusiastic. We had a really lovely lunch in the sun. And then I was supposed to join the ski school again in the afternoon, but it was looking a bit ropey. Um, anyway, we got on a ski. I should, I should say in the morning, we only went sort of like up a little bit. I, yeah. I know sometimes you, you can kind of go halfway up the mountain or you can go all the way up to the top. So for the second half of the day, we got taken all the way up to the top and um, the snow started to come down. It, 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 you could visibly feel the wind hitting you quite hard at the top of the mountain and the, and the snow was just coming down really hard. So you, the vision wasn't very good. The visibility wasn't very good. And I remember feeling quite nervous because I, I, I've got, I'm a little bit afraid of heights anyway. And it just felt like it was going to be a real challenge. And I remember saying to the um, instructor that I was feeling really nervous about it. And I remember like kind of like taking a dip, deep breath and being like, you have to say um, because that you're scared. So I just said, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling really nervous about the conditions. I'm not feeling very comfortable. And he said, We'll just get down quickly. We'll get down the mountain quickly. You he was like, Tony, you follow me. And he just took off really fast. And and I started to get scared. So I started trying to match his speed because I, I the, the way I felt was that he was worried about us being in those conditions and, as well. So he was trying to get us down the mountain quickly so that we could get out, off the skis and go back in. And I was going faster than I should have done I should have paced myself if I was nervous and I should have advocated for myself a bit more, but I put myself in, in, in the instructor's hands and I tried to keep up with him and I hit a bit of bad terrain and I, my skis crossed and um, it was my right ski was over my left ski and I fell with all of my weight onto my left knee and mm. I blew out, blew out my ACL and my meniscus. I felt like a pop, mm. a very pain, a oh, painful pop. Yeah. that made me think that it was a break and um I hadn't actually broken my leg but I'd I'd blown out the ligaments and uh, I remember coming down and and screaming like holding my knee and screaming and I had my head I actually landed on my I actually landed on my helmet so thank mm. thank god I was wearing a helmet because mm. I I fell forwards onto my head and my head was in the snow and I was holding onto my knee screaming and and the instructor was like a mile ahead of us and the whole, the rest of the group banded around me and they were all, I think they were m mostly English people and they were so kind to me and they put their hands on me and, you know, they tried to check what was going on. It makes me feel emotional <clears throat> mm. only because this is probably the most um, physical kind of trauma that I've had in my life. Cause I've never broken anything before. And, um, just that popping sensation was horrible. And yeah, so they all kind of curled around me and the guy, had, the instructor had to take off his skis and walk back up the mountain. Mm. And he tried to, he tried to move me and he realized that I'd done in my knee. Now, just to be clear, this is a really common accident. They have probably 30 people a day do this in the Alps mm. or, you mm. know, in, in ski, ski resort areas. So this wasn't like a life or death situation and he was just like do you think you can ski down and I was like absolutely no way like no, no way that I can no. ski down no. um and uh they had to get something called the blood wagon yeah, I think it's called the blood wagon it is called the blood which wagon. Is, yeah which from my memory it looks a bit like a banana boat you know what you'd ride on the sea but yeah. they kind of open it up and they put you inside it and they wrap you up yes and then two two people ski down with you in in the banana 
and um <laughs> it's not that comfortable you you like you feel every bump and everything and i was like gripping onto my knee both of these the men that were carrying the blood wagon were like the most beautiful alp skiing men that i've ever seen and i was just like so, i was just like sobbing holding my knee and every every sort of like 10 minutes they'd be like how are you doing in there and i'd be like okay <laughs> like trying to hold back these tears and just like just like not not really knowing it, it felt like it went on for a really long time i guess it was a long way down the mountain and they probably had to ski quite slowly with me it didn't mm. feel slow but anyway we got to the bottom and they got an ambulance, really smooth operation, and took me straight to a, um, a I, I guess, like a hospital that was really close to where we were. It, I think it was private. Um, and they put me in this MRI machine, which is more like being in a spa, because I had all these like pink sensory lights. And they wrapped me up in a blanket. And I think because of the pain and the shock, I just fell asleep straight away. You know, mm. like I fell asleep holding my knee in this machine. And... Um, and there was like sensory music and stuff like that. And then I, I remember them coming back like after like half an hour and um, they put a big tube on my knee and they asked me what color crutches I wanted. Cause you can have your crutches in any color that you want. And I was like, black, bring me black. <laughs> and they were like, really? You can have sparkly pink. And I was like, I want black. <laughs> and, um, and I just remember them popping me in a, I don't really remember a lot to be honest, but I remember them putting me in one of those like little, buggy things those go-kart things and I remember seeing your face for the first time and you just being like just the color being drained out of your face mm. and I was like daddy <laughs> as well, an adult. <laughs> when I got when when we got the news when uh, Mindy and I and Jackie got the news uh we were in the hotel because you mentioned the conditions being ropey you, that's an understatement because we had been skiing all morning before we met you for lunch and you know we, we were actually a bit nervous about you know how you a bit anxious i should say about how you were going to do because we'd had a pretty brutal morning because of the conditions you know there was hardly any visibility at all uh and uh i you know i i thought i'd forgotten in in the night i thought i'd forgotten how how to ski because i couldn't stand you know because you can't see I guess if you're really, really good, really competent, you 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 get you do it by feel. But when you can't see, you don't know where to put your weight. And skiing is all about shifting your weight to the right ski. Um, and uh, I just kept falling over. And so we decided to you know to quit. And we were all having difficulty with the with the conditions. And then we, we went for lunch. We met we, when we saw you coming. We were so thrilled that you were so happy. And you'd had such a brilliant morning. And I suppose that made me lower my guard because I, I, I decided not to ski for the rest of the day. We all did. And so we got the news. And I should have said, what I was going to say is I should have said, you know, I don't think you should go out. But, you know, you were with, with a ski school and you, you obviously you trust the ski school to do the right thing. But I've had experiences over many, and I've skied for many, many years. I've had lots of lessons. And I've had I've had instructors who just push you too far. They take they take you know sometimes they're showing off to the women in the group. You know, talk speaking obviously when it's a, not obviously can't say that nowadays. Uh, but you know, if it's a male instructor and they're perhaps showing off to people in the group, they tend to just push people too far. 
And that certainly happened to me. Uh, so I can understand what happened to you, but I should, you know, I really should have said, don't, don't go. I think well now I know now that I shouldn't have done that. But uh, I do remember coming to that hospital, you know, the private hospital and a lot of things that happened to you really impacted me and made me change my whole view about ever going skiing again. And one of the things was that I got, because I was coming to visit you and arguing with the insurance companies because insurance companies never pay up unless you threaten to sue them as far as I can see for travel insurance. Um, I was talking to other people who were also attending the, the who were also patients who had had skiing accidents. And what struck me was like what you what you referred to is the randomness, you know how it, you, 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 and it's not just people who are beginners by any means. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, there was one particular woman I met on that occasion that was an expert skier, and she was just standing in a ski lift line, and one of her skis just slipped down a bank, and she did something that put her in a wheelchair. She had a very serious accident. She was that good that she was able to ski from, from high up on the mountain right the way down on one ski, on one leg. She, she was that, she was that made, good. I made pals with her just very quickly. I made pals with her because we both had to get on the plane in a wheelchair and they had yeah. a special, you know, thing, uh, it, it, you know, take us to the plane, like a special ambulance. And basically what she said to me was that is the second time that she'd done it. And she was trying yeah. to tell me to hold my leg straight which I couldn't do because it was too painful but she was trying to say you need to hold your leg straight because when you blow out ligaments like that if you if they heal with your knee bent then they shorten and so she was trying to tell you know because it had happened twice so but she was like it was nothing it was no big deal (laughs) you know it it felt very traumatic uh, to me well I've been very fortunate in all the years that I've been skiing I really haven't injured myself um, which is something you know, of a little miracle, really, because uh, I've managed to injure myself doing all kinds of other innocuous things. Uh, but um, I, I did have a, I did have a, an accident that shook me up, and this incident reminded me very. This incident with this poor little girl uh, reminded me very much of it. Uh, I've skied quite a lot in in North America. I think the skiing in North America is a lot safer generally speaking, because the pistes are wide and you, mm. and you get marshals on the slopes who, who you know, deal with people who are out of control. They aren't and as who, dangerous who are either. You the... know, like a, a, black, a black slope in America is not the same as a black slope in France. No, They're it's not. not. You're, you're, you're quite right. No, that, that's quite right. And they don't tend to have these mad rushes back to the resort down you know narrow icy pathways that we have in europe they don't tend to have that nor do they have the crazy people um that you tend to get in europe all competing for a very small piece of snow uh but and i went on one occasion with your sisters to breckenridge in colorado and um i'd never experienced in my in my life time seeing many people wearing helmets and so we decided not to hire helmets never never really felt I wanted to ski in a you know like a almost like a motorcycle helmet um didn't feel really you know very cool to do that really uh 
but when we went out the first morning skiing, I think it was yeah, the first morning skiing, I said to your sisters, I said, we have to go back and hire the helmets. And they said, well, why? I said, because everybody's wearing them, but not just for that reason. The, the fact that nearly everybody is wearing, not everybody, but nearly everybody's wearing them means that if you have a collision, you're going to be, be hit by someone wearing a helmet. <laughs> so you need to have similar armor on your head. It's immediately became obvious to me. We went back and we rented the helmets. We also found that we, we all wanted to have a little bit of a refresher on our skiing. And so we had a, a lesson with a very nice American struct, instructor, older guy. And he, he, um, he wanted us to go on the nursery, the bunny slopes for a little bit, just to do that. You know, in that exercise where you lift the upper ski when you're traversing yeah. so that you make sure that all your weight's on the lower one. So we were doing the feeling pretty silly because we've been skiing for years and now we were doing this silly nursery slope drill. We're doing that, doing everything he said, focusing on what he wanted us to do. And then wham, a guy came down the slope, hit me, knocked me, hit me so hard, big, big guy, overweight guy, hit me very, very hard, knocked me clean out of my bindings. And I went, you know, several, several yards down the, down the slope, it really hit me hard. Our helmets clashed together. So that I thought, yeah, like you oh did. God, Thank yeah. goodness I was wearing a helmet. And, uh, you know, I've said that it's safer in America, and yet that happened there. So putting your experience together, talking to the patients that were in your, in your ski hospital, et cetera, et cetera, putting all that together, I made the decision five years ago after that experience not to ski again because I don't, you know, I, I don't, particularly at my time of life, I haven't got time to, you know, take a year recovering. But, but I have seen so many accidents. I've seen, you know, now I've had that experience with you. I've had my own experiences. And I just think it's too high risk a sport. I'm not prepared to take that risk anymore. And it, it pains me because I would like to be able to go with the grandchildren skiing. And, but now, you know, and, and I was thinking probably I'd go back and do that. But now seeing this accident that's happened to this five-year-old girl has put me right off that. I mean, you know, I don't know how the family are going to get over it. I mean, it, it's it's a terrible thing to happen. Mm. Um, and I feel for them. I really do feel for them. But uh, if you are going to go skiing, uh, talking to the listeners, you know, if you are going to go skiing, you must wear a helmet. Absolutely must wear a helmet. I'd imagine that the um, the accident rate is about comparable to driving a car and being in a crash you know it's very very common and um i think that like i said before even in the best of circumstances you can't really account for what the environment is going to do or you know like i i remember i, I mean i don't remember the story very well but i know that mum once went skiing with you and she landed in a powder snow she was stuck quite deep in powder snow and she and no one could see her because she was completely covered and she said that she couldn't get out and she had to kind of like almost like wiggle to get out of it but she was just like if no one had come along and seen her then she could have been trapped there mm. and I remember when we went to St Anton um in Austria um 
parts of the top of the mountain were really narrow and I was so scared and I went up there with kick and I was so scared and I said to kick I'm not comfortable going down this and I took my skis off and I went down on my bum and mm. Kick pretended that she was doing it to make me feel better, but she took hers off oh, and she yes. went down on her bum too. <laughs> she's the most nervous. <laughs> she's the most nervous. She hates skiing. She absolutely but hates it. But she was it. like, don't worry, don't worry, I'll take my mine off too and I'll go down on my bum too. And then she said late a few years later, she was just like, I was terrified. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you? I think you remember you, you two going down in a chairlift. You were like the only people in the resort going down in the chairlift. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There wasn't even the option to really go down in a chairlift. But yeah. I, I think we went we went up at one point and we were just like, nope, <laughs> not today, Satan. <laughs> and went back down on the chairlift. But yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 an extreme sport, isn't it? I mean, I remember when you and I went to um, Abisko and I was driving that snowmobile with you on the back. And I, we can't have been going very fast. And I nearly decapitated us. Oh, my goodness. Because... We, should, we should do a podcast on that trip. We should do a podcast basically on all extreme sports that we've done <laughs> and nearly killed each other. It's yeah, a, you know, exactly. it's it, to be fair, it's a lovely sport, um, but not just because of the skiing, but you know, just going to the mountain restaurants and you know, just, even just sitting and having a cup and... of coffee, and you know, it's just lovely, and particularly in the Alps. I think the Alps is the Alps has the edge in that respect because the the mountain restaurants, I think, are just far superior to anything that you come across in the u.s well that that um, place that you um i can't remember the name but the place that we stayed when i had the accident that that hotel was phenomenal yeah that I mean, was the, the montana I, I was i was the only vegan at the time and the food they prepared me my own menu every single night and it was like michelin star food oh and it's brilliant it was just stunning I and that, i remember you being like i'm just going to eat this delicious shellfish or this delicious bacon or whatever and i was like mm -hmm. yeah. come on then dad in a few years <laughs> you're gonna feel pretty ashamed <laughs> i bet you didn't think it would ever happen um no i didn't <laughs> me becoming a vegan i'm saying uh so yeah, it was the hotel montana by the way um in, amazing um, hotel Obergur in and they were kind they were really kind to me as well yeah the hotel montana in Oberlek, Austria. So we've come to the end of our time. Uh, enjoyed having that chat with you. Um, didn't enjoy the subject matter particularly, but I enjoyed reminiscing with you. That was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, as I say, my heart goes out to this family. And uh, I'm just not going to be seeing again. So. And we didn't even get to touch on our Canadian trip to Montreal, which was magical. So oh, we had a great, yeah, we went to Mont-Tremblant near Montre Montreal. Uh, yeah, we did have a fantastic, absolutely AKA fantastic. AKA Christmas Town. Yeah, it was Christmas Town. It's a little, it looks like a little toy town, Mont-Tremblant does. It's, it's so It's so colourful and it, it was lovely. We stayed in the chateau there. The, uh, not a chateau in the sense of a castle, but that was what the, the hotel was a, called, the chateau. Um, but really quite modern. Anyway, that's the end of our time today. Uh, and uh, thank you very much, Little Tone, for telling us all about your horrific injury, which I'm very glad that you got over uh, completely. I think you got over it completely, didn't you? I got really fat from being in a wheelchair for eight weeks. But apart from that, <laughs> I got over it. <laughs> you got over it. So that, anyway, so uh, anyway, I hope uh, that 
you got something out of that, dear listener, and um, any questions or comments, please go to the Reeducating Dad Facebook page and share there. Uh, you can do, do that either privately if you prefer or just make an open comment. We always love to hear from you and we look forward to uh, seeing you next time. Um, and uh, for now, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Bye, everybody. Bye.